Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Sweet! Suck it! Welcome to episode 149 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. One away from the Ross Report, who did a, their 150th episode this week, which actually was a really good one with uh, Kenny Omega. But we'll get into Kenny Omega, I'm sure, during this episode ourselves. Uh, Jason, it's the holiday season. Merry Christmas, you know, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and everything else that people in our audience might celebrate. How uh, how was your uh, Christmas holiday? Yeah, so uh, things have been great. Uh, a little under the weather, but um, other than that, pretty good. Um, yeah, no, a holiday, got a little bit of time off, a little time to watch some wrestling. So, yeah, things have been good. Very cool. And uh, we did do a show last week due to the uh, Christmas holiday so we're doing a little bit of a bigger show this week. We're going to be talking about... Corey loves the bigger shows. Hey, I like it big. What can I say? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. But So we didn't do a show last week. This week's show every year turns into be what, a look back in 2016 of what we really liked. You know, wrestler of the year, feud, and different things like that. So we'll get into that. End of the show, we'll talk a little bit of what we're looking forward to for usually the biggest show to start the year, not the Rumble, but the Tokyo show with uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11. So we'll get into a couple of matches that we're looking forward to there. But to start off the show, let's talk about we now have the two main events for the Royal Rumble. One feels like a little bit fresher matchup than the other. We've got on the Raw side, we've got Roman Reigns. Versus Kevin Owens for it feels like the fiftieth time in like a two month period. Yeah. With the uh, the stipulation of the shark I mean, cage. There's no juice in that match, right? Is it me, or do you feel like do? You, and they've had some good matches. Sorry to interrupt. I know you're gonna do the whole thing. We know Jericho's in the shark cage, but I feel like there's no juice in that match. Do you? I mean, uh, do you feel a diff, feel differently? No, I agree. I mean, the last time we spoke, we I think we both kind of felt that they were going in the direction of the Seth Rollins redemption storyline being able to face Triple H, and we thought that this was going to be over at the last pay-per-view. I mean, one of the things that I think that is we can get into maybe as the show goes along, Kevin Owens, who might be the wrestler of the year, little spoiler there, he's one of our five, five nominees for this year, but, you know, he hasn't been built as a super strong champion, and you could have tried no. to make him stronger by actually winning some of these feuds. You know, the, some of the biggest matches he's been in this match uh, this year, you know, the Dean Ambrose matches, the Roman Reigns. Besides, you know, Seth Rollins, he really hasn't, like, I know he's a heel, so he doesn't have to win feuds, but he hasn't really gotten the upper hand, you know? So, I mean, I really think he, this match should have been over at the last pay-per-view. I thought the natural progression was Seth Rollins. And then moving on to Chris Jericho at Mania. Well, well, there's a reason why, right? I mean... Well, the, the reason and, is... Uh, we're, 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 we're thinking that Reigns is going to win the title. And so he goes against Strongman at WrestleMania. That's a possibility. Yeah. That That's... Not that's a nice possibility, thinking. but... <laughs> that, I mean, God. Oh, boy. But anyway, that that's what I'm thinking could happen. So, I mean, you know, it's, it is interesting that... Where do they go and what do they do in this match? I mean, I, I right now I'm leaning towards that they feel like they're rebuilding up the idea of Jericho again after it felt like it was cooling off a little bit. I still think we get Jericho versus Owens at Mania for the title. So 
If the match was today, I would say that we're going to still have a Kevin Owens somehow winning this match, but he is the golden child. He is the chosen one. Roman Reigns might win this title. I mean, and we just move on to something else. I mean, I see Reigns winning the title. Um, I, 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 and I know we, we haven't done predictions yet, but, you know, we're seeing this card for WrestleMania and the rumored, rumored cards and who's wrestling who. And it looks like they want to get these titles off, off the guys who currently have them um, and move them on to other things. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know, Corey. You know, now, you know, it gets to a point where this is all Vince now. I mean, it's always all Vince, but it's really all Vince. You know what I mean? Sure. Where he starts thinking about WrestleMania and the box office and all that stuff. So um, I do, and, he, and I think he thinks Reigns is box office. So um, I, I do see Reigns getting the victory here. But, I mean, yikes. I, I just am not excited for this feat at all. Uh, they really need to turn Reigns heel. We've said this forever. But I think it's even more evident now that people just are just not just not into them. I I agree. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes they say, you know, change for change's sake. I don't think it's time to take the title off of Owens. I still think you got some legs on there. I think you have a Finn Balor rematch you can always go to. You have Seth, you know, you can do another Seth Rollins match, even though I think that's gone its course. And we got the Chris Jericho match, which I think means more when it comes for the title. But um, I think the other big thing, and I think that we're, I think we're a lot more excited about, is the SmackDown title match coming out of uh, Absolutely. SmackDown Live this week with the big return of John Cena. John Cena returns, put out the challenge for whoever won the, uh, the Triple Threat main event, which I am one of the harshest critics out there about uh, Punch and Kick, the Lone Wolf, the most metal athlete of the year. Congratulations. Uh, what's his name again? Go ahead. And then you had uh, Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles. I thought it was by far Baron Corbin's best performance of his run in the WWE so far. I agree. I, mean, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was a terrific match. I mean, I thought the chairs match with Kalisto was better than it had any right to be. So I thought that you're seeing he's going up against better workers. He's putting up better performances. And he's showing that he's picking up stuff. I mean, I still think his best work most likely are these segments on Talking Smack. But coming out... Of that match, we've got AJ Styles versus John Cena, a rematch from Money in the Bank and SummerSlam this year. Two of two of the best matches of the WWE year, and one of those matches is actually up for, be- for best match of the year, in my opinion. But I really think they're going in the right direction here. I mean, you, could, you saw in that promo that John Cena did that the fans want him to face The Undertaker, which could be the WrestleMania direction. I think The Undertaker... Versus AJ might have been a better match for Royal Rumble. And then having, going from there on who faces Cena for that 16th time at WrestleMania. So I think the big story is the win at the big event. But I think they can go a lot of ways here. And I think it's going to be really entertaining over these next like four or five weeks. Till we get to the Royal Rumble with these two. Yeah. So obviously we're not, we've not seen the last of the Undertaker. That's for sure. Um, you know... The thing is, Raw seems like such a bland, boring, corny show. But SmackDown just doesn't. There's things about SmackDown I don't like, for sure. But and let's talk about the two champions of sure. the companies. 
And you talked about how they've made Owens look like just this kind of just chicken shit heel, which he is and which AJ is, but it's different. I don't know, Corey, you, you tell me what you think the difference is. I feel like they've made AJ look like the man, like the absolute man. You know, they made Kevin Owens saying, oh, you're my best friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Chris Jericho, let me give you a gift. Let me do this. Let me do that for you. All this is, is AJ Styles coming out saying he's the best. Sometimes he gets help, but generally, but he wins every, almost basically every time, except the James Ellsworth. And they've even had him lose to James Ellsworth. And that didn't even make him look weak. So, and maybe part of it is the fans believe it more with, with AJ because of where he's from, what they know about him. But I look at him and I don't, and I'm going to ask you to tell me what you think the difference is with how they built AJ and how they built Owens. If you think as much as I love Jericho, if Jericho has had a lot to do with it, you know, because AJ looks like, well, and that's why I think AJ is better off without the club anyway. I think he's better as his own guy. And these kind of heel partnerships, I feel like sometimes those make the heels look weak. And I don't know. I, I'm not probably not saying this correctly, but AJ has looked like so much of a stronger heel. So much of a stronger heel. And he's a lot of, he's won matches without interference, too, like that triple threat match. Whereas Owen seems like he cannot win a match unless against Sami Zayn without interference. What do you think has been the difference between how they built AJ and Kevin Owens, both heels, one seemingly looking much stronger than the other? Well, I got the obvious answer here. Just like when they had the brand split the first time, when you had, you know, the SmackDown 6, when, and you had the wrestling show, or SmackDown, and then you had the entertainment comedy show on Raw, and that's what's happened again. There's so much unneeded comedy on, on Monday Night Raw with the Enzo stuff and the, the gift of Jericho, which is which is phenomenal. I think that's might be one of the best things they've done all year with the list and everything. But there's so much more comedy on Raw and SmackDown feels like a serious wrestling show with good storylines. You know, and I think that's one of I think that's portrayed in your championships. AJ is, I know that the moniker of Kevin Owens is he's the prize fighter, but AJ feels like the prize fighter, and Kevin Owens feels like the gimmick guy, you know? I mean, and Kevin Owens is one of the best workers in the company. AJ is one of the best workers in the company. But what they did this year is what kind of what they did last year, and the same guys could be mentioned in the sentence together, is John Cena. Kevin Owens last year, when he beat John Cena, Kevin Owens seemed like the real deal, badass heel. This year, yeah, it started off a little f- funny with, you know, the phrase beat up John Cena every day of the year, which I thought was one of the better segments that AJ had earlier in the year with the club. AJ is the badass heel who wins, who does what he has to do to win, but he's not this comedy figure. Yeah, with the Ellsworth stuff, there was a little bit too much comedy at one point, but he delivers in the ring, and I think he, he's been the face of a show that feels like a serious product. That's fair. That's very, very, that's a very good way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I felt like Owens has been more of a comedy figure. And Kevin Owens is really funny, which is why I think he'll be a really great baby face. But I think he's been more funny than serious. Um, he had a couple of run-ins with Rollins during their uh, feud. 
where he really was serious and took Rollins to task, and it was really compelling TV. And since this thing with Jericho and then being best friends and all this, it's been really, really silly, I think. And hasn't made Owens look good, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, people have said this. You know, Kevin Owens looks like a mid-Carter Who's champion. That, that, that's what he looks like right now. And I love Kevin Owens. I think he's right in the ring. I think he's right in the mic. But the way he's being built is a mid-Carter Who's champion. AJ Styles is being built as a main eventer who won the title. That's you, the difference. And let's be honest. And this, is, this might be more of a smart mark type of comment. But we all know that, at least it feels like at times, that the true champion of that company is a guy who's not even there with when he's, you know, Triple H, you know. And the old story is Triple H doesn't work during football season. So, you know, he can't be blamed for ratings. And I'm pretty sure in about two weeks we might see the return of Triple H now that the NFL is done on Mondays. But the way that, you know, he, Kevin Owens won the title. Well, Triple I'll H say this, held, well the know, difference is, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you quickly. The true champion is AJ. The champion of Raw is Triple H. Yeah, I think because I do think the champion of the, you know, the, at least the champion of SmackDown. Let's say, I think that is firmly implanted that it's AJ. Sure. I think the the champion of Raw. You're right. I think Triple H is kind of uh, over everything. You know, he, he's kind of overarching in all these themes on Raw, yet is not on the show. Agreed. And I think one of the things that's going to really help this AJ versus Cena feud going into the Royal Rumble is, and this is a spoiler, my favorite show of the year, even though it's not up for it, Talking Smack, I think, is going to be a really key cog in that build, which we saw on the final Talking Smack of the year where you had that interaction between the two of them. And I really think that that show really is going to help Put this in perspective on what's going on in the next four weeks. Because one of the things that you're going to realize is quickly is we still have a, a four weeks of SmackDowns and Raws before this, uh, the Royal Rumble. So it means you're going to have a lot more rematches, a lot more, you know, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, Jericho. So you can have the four, you know, the same four guys and a lot of same matches up together. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do to make these matches feel special. And I think course, Talking Smack and, can do that. And you know what? And with the whole Talking Smack thing, I think that's also what's made Smack, SmackDown feel more like a real show. Yeah. Like, more like a real wrestling show. They do, a, they do a show. Then they have this kind of, you know, you know, work shoot type of talk show. It's a great name. Where the guy's personalities really come out, right? And that makes the show seem a bit more real. Uh, where So it's... It's interesting just how they they built that. I mean, Corey, am I looking forward to Raw to watch Kevin Owens and Jericho talk? And I'm not looking forward to Raw at all. I really, at all. I mean, and I watch Raw because it's Monday, and I know Mondays I'm always not doing anything. But if SmackDown was on Mondays and Raw was on Tuesdays, I would probably watch very little of Raw. Um, just because I always play poker on Tuesdays. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but I go out of my way to make sure I tape SmackDown and watch it because it's been a good show. Uh, So I I don't know. I I think it's, the difference between the two shows is vast. And I think that shows in the main event. I think Cena's promo, I really liked it. I know some people didn't. I loved it. And I think 
Um, you know, I think thought it was great on Talking Smack too. Um, you know, there's certain guys who are just another level, especially on the mic, and Cena is that guy, no matter what you want to say about him. And that match feels like a main event match. Agreed. Owens Reigns match feels like a mid card match. Well, it's a retreat because we're just like fighting for the U.S. title. I mean, we, we've seen that match, what, about five times in the last, like, three weeks? I mean... I mean, you, you tell me what match seemed to be seemed to be a bigger deal. The, the Ziggler-Miz-IC versus career match or this Owens-Reigns match? For me, no question it was the Miz-Ziggler match. Oh, absolutely. Because you actually felt there was something... It felt like, you know, it gave you emotion. And maybe it's partly Roman Reigns' fault where I don't think Roman Reigns has emotions at times. So I think it's a little hard for him. But um, I, we've got four weeks before that. But before we get to our year-end uh, best, I guess we'd call it at the moment, just want to quickly get into the other big story that happened this week. Adrian Neville is back. Pac, for the people who used to see him on the indies, he's doing something I've never seen him do before. He's playing a heel. Do you think he can be the guy to revitalize this cruiserweight division and make it matter? He's by far the biggest star. He was being lost on Raw. I think he's done a good job in these first two weeks playing this heel character. But I think the the big question here is, if you don't have a guy like Okoto Ibushi as the, the face of this division, is Neville a big enough guy for you to care about it? Probably not. Um, I think you need two guys. You probably need Neville and another guy. I think Neville's been great since he's been a heel. I don't even know he could talk this well. He's been awesome. But uh, to not have another guy like that is difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, the audience is still trying to figure out who these guys are. And putting them on Raw and having them flip and flop, as we said, wasn't going to be good enough. And they haven't made their personality stand out enough, in my opinion. Um, Only guy so is Jack is, Gallagher. Oh, yeah. So is is that enough? Is Neville enough? No. But I think he could definitely help. And it's not been from lack of trying. He's been tremendous so far um, with the cruiserweight. So we'll see. Maybe this can give them an uptick and, and get some more people interested in them. Absolutely. And it's one of those stories that we'll look to see where it goes. I'm hoping, but, but Corey, the one thing is, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure. Uh, when when he beat everybody up, when Neville beat everybody up after that pay per view, and everybody and the whole crowd was thank you, Neville. That kind of tells you what you need to know about the state of the cruiserweights in the WWE and what they think about it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Cedric Alexander, they could make a star, Corey. They can. They don't need to give him a girlfriend. Alicia Fox. The guy's charismatic. He's not great on the mic, but he's good enough on the mic. He's charismatic in the ring. He's a guy they could make a superstar. There's no doubt about it. But instead, they gave him a girlfriend. He has his feud with Noam Dar, who apparently wants his girlfriend. I mean, uh, it's... Uh, I agree. Whatever. I mean, I will say, Noam Dar, I think, has something in this heel type of character, which I think is... Oh, I, I, I mean, I like him, too, but, but you know, like, what what, what are we doing here? Well, yeah, they're just all a bunch, of another, a, bunch of, a bunch of guys that are just flippy-floppy guys who, you know, are just there. And you hope that this turns into something, but like we just both said, I think we need big stars. And unfortunately, most of them are signed to other companies or don't want to go and become full-time guys with one promotion talking about 
Cold I mean, they did 205 Live um, from, you know, the Full Sail Center. Didn't have them on Raw. And this is what they did with them. And they got to develop their own characters, develop their own gimmicks, you know, do their own things, try stuff out. And then they came onto the main roster. And it'd be another level. It'd be another level. But, you know, who am I? Uh, that's a good question. Who are you? Um, <laughs> but let's let's get into the the big thing that uh, of the week, which is us telling people what we thought of things like we do every week. Um, let's start with one of the big ones right off the top. Male wrestler of the year. I put for most of these categories five guys, and for the match of the match of the year, I think I put ten because it was just so many good stuff, and I even forgot things. But we've got AJ Styles, who has basically, from the moment he came in, felt like the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the company. Naito, who's had a resurgence career with uh, turning heel. Kenny Omega, who went from being the light, a light heavyweight to becoming the, uh, the G1 winner and going to be headlining the biggest show of the, you know, the start of the year versus Okada. Kevin Owens, who's had a very good year. I mean, he hasn't been booked great at times. And then uh, Will Ospreay. All of these guys have had very good years in different ways. I think there's a clear-cut winner. But uh, let's go with you. And if you uh, have somebody who I forgot in this list. Oh, Corey. For me, it's tough. I I think you look at AJ Styles, this 38, 37-year-old guy who's been wrestling for 20 years, who never got a chance, who Vince who was the best in the world, then the best in the world, who Vince said he was going to make just this, you know, redneck guy who was a, you know, a, a, a mid-card guy who has been the WWE champion and carried SmackDown since the brand split. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Um, I think the two clear-cut guys for me are him and Kenny Omega. You look at the G1... So Kenny Omega went from the junior heavyweight champion to the IC champion to the G1 winner, all in one year. And he's been unbelievable. His matches were unbelievable in the G1. And now he's going to, you know, carry on to the next year in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, he's the first, you know, guy Jin, I believe, to main event the uh, G1, correct? Or he's the first guy Jin to win the G1. And so now he's going to be the main event of Russell Kingdom. I, I think those two are my clear-cut favorites right now. Um, if I had to give it to one, and AJ also wrestled amazing, amazing matches. If I had to give it to one, I'm, oh, God, I don't know. Corey, who, who's your number one? I, I think it's obvious. I, as much as I agree with you that Kenny Mega is a great secondary choice with his year, but I think you've got to go AJ Styles. He had yeah. the big, the, the big uh, opening of the year versus Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 10. He had his reaction at the Rumble. You had him winning the title. You had him for the only point of the year where the club was actually relevant this year. He made them feel important at moments. He's had the few, two, of the, two of the best matches of the year with John Cena. He made Dean Ambrose feel important after the way that Dean Ambrose was basically buried at WrestleMania versus Brock Lesnar. He had, you know, maybe the best match that Roman Reigns has had all year. So, I mean, 
time after time, AJ Styles, a guy who most people in the know thought would never either make the WWE or be given a true chance. He's basically is the one of the two or three biggest stars in that company, and he did it on his own. Yeah, I, I agree. And he did it because Vince saw his the crowd reaction, but really saw the merchandise he sold. And was like, uh, I think we got to push this guy. And, and and also the idea that he is still ch- they're still chanting his name in every arena, even though he's a heel, and he's still not great on the mic. I mean, he's gotten a lot better, but he's not the rock on the mic. Yet because of the type of level of performer he is, he is getting this much attention. It, it's it's fantastic for him. It really, really is. And they they've made him they've made him seem like a big deal. He's coming with his own gimmick, his, the stuff that he basically had. He's had the whole time, the phenomenal one with his gloves that he's been doing for years. So he came in as him, and I, I, think, he's been, I think he's been great. So I, I would agree with you, but definitely Omega getting a close second. All right, so so far we agree, which is always scary for the first, uh, first idea. Uh, I actually believe, did you – I think you had – I think I had AJ as my wrestler of the late year – Last year also, and I believe you had Seth Rollins, but, you know, we'd have to go back and look at, and um, too too darn lazy to do that, so. Yes. Uh, um, next, uh, next, let's go with another big one, Female Wrestler of the Year. I think this one is really a two-person race as well, but uh, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Sexy Star. You want to take this one first? No, you go ahead. I did first last time. <laughs> you didn't give your answer until second, but all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I really think it's between Charlotte and Asuka. Asuka has really had a terrific year. She basically has become a face of a division, especially when everyone else has graduated to the next level. And I think when you don't lose at all on pay-per-view – You've had your, your promo work has improved mightily. You've made a secondary character in Dana Brooke actually someone to care about on and off this year. I think Charlotte is the clear cut winner of the female wrestler of the year. I think she's gotten better in the ring. I think, you know, yeah, she's in one of the best feuds of the year, winning, you know, the title, what, I think three three times, and also being in maybe one of the biggest women's matches of all time at WrestleMania for their three-way, I really think it's clear-cut with the work she did with Rick, the work she did with Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, the stuff she's doing now with Char- uh, with Bailey, which I think will get even better as the year goes along. I think Charlotte's a clear-cut choice. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I would give Sexy Star as my, my second and Sasha's my third, probably. Because um, what Sexy Star did you know, kind of transcend, transcending Lucha Underground and being their first female champion. Now, she was the female champion of the company. For a week. So she was the, she was the champion of the company. That's like Charlotte Flair being the universal champion. I mean, for a let's week. think about that for a second. Yeah, for a week. So she only had the title for a week. I get it. Um, but she's been in main events. Uh, she was in the main event last week. So she's done some really, really great things, too. So I think Sexy Star should definitely be commended. Um now, in terms of Charlotte, everything you said is correct. You know that WrestleMania match, um, the fact she hasn't lost on you know hasn't lost on pay per view. 
Uh, she's a four-time champion. She probably had the feud of the year with Sasha, um, at least in the WWE. So I don't know if that was one of your categories, by the way. Oh, we'll get to that one in a few moments. All right, all right. I don't, I don't remember reading that. But, yeah, so <laughs> she's probably in our feud of the year, my feud of the year. So, yeah, I definitely have to give it to, to Charlotte. All right, you know what? Let, let's go to feud of the year. Let's, let's go right to that because we're right there. So we got Charlotte versus Sasha, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet, Dalton Castle versus Silas Young, American Alpha versus The Revival, and Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I know some people might say you're putting this tag team match of Alpha and Revival, but they had the first half of the year, I think they had some of the best matches of the year. Yeah, and, I'd, I'd, I'd have more issue with Oscar and Ricochet. How many matches did they have? They had four matches this year, and they basically were the head, basically built eye pay per views. They, they really helped the independent scene with people going to shows because of the popularity of the the matches that they had and evolved in WrestleMania weekend, the PWG of show, the one in the uh, the Best of Super Juniors uh, day six. And they just had a show in, uh, I believe it was in Dublin for OTT promotion, which uh, people could watch on Flow Slam, which uh, I'm hoping to be able to watch, you know, sometime in the next couple of weeks. But I, I can understand that. But like I said, and I, like I said, I really enjoyed the work this this year. I guess it mostly started at the end of last year. But the stuff that Dalton Castle and Silas Young did this year with the boys and everything, I thought really needed to be looked. I don't think it wins wins on either for either one of us. And I think Owens versus Zayn is a feud that's been going on for basically you know four or five years now in different companies. Yeah. And I think that feud really helped Owens get to that next you, level. You know, one that you that you missed, uh, Adam Cole and Kyle Riley. I think they, they have had a feud that I think rivals all of these feuds. Um, O'Reilly finally winning the title. And it started years and years ago when they were a tag team. Future, Future Shock. Shock. Okay. Yeah, I got you. And, um, you know, it, it's been a tremendous, tremendous feud. And as someone who's able to watch Ring of Honor TV pretty much every week, um, they've really done a good job with it. So, and then letting you know how important it is and what they've been. So I would throw that in there. Probably over uh, Dalton Castle and Silas Young was fun, but I would definitely put that feud over over that, um, you know, for sure. I mean, I guess I can see what you're saying there, but when I think of the world title picture this year, I really think Jay Lethal versus uh, versus uh, oh, um, Adam Cole, baby, as more of that the big feud. I mean, by the end of the year, yeah, but yeah, but they, they had two matches against each other, and that was it. I mean, this O'Reilly has been in the mix of this the entire time. Like, since at, he, even to the point where he has stopped Adam Cole from getting title opportunities. Sure. This is where, like, because you don't see the, the, you don't get to watch the TV shows as much as I do. So, where he's stopping him from getting a, a title opportunity, or where he's costing him opportunities, it wasn't just about that they had a match. It was more of, you know, Adam Cole's big line is, well, Kyle O'Reilly will never be champion as long as I'm in Ring of Honor. Now, that obviously, didn't, obviously, he didn't hold true to that, mm-hmm. but he would cost him title opportunities at every turn, even if he was not involved. Like, even if it had nothing to do with him. So, I, w- I would really put that. At, you know what? I might that might be the, my number one. So, I'll, I'll do the feud of the year since you started off with the other. We got Sasha Charlotte. Um, well, Spray Ricochet, I'll give that to you, the, the indie feud. Although their, their match was really fun and 
in uh, New Japan, and I'll, I'll believe what you say in terms of what they've done for indie stuff. Dalton Castle and Silas Young with the boys was a very fun mid-card feud. American Alpha and Verival, definitely the best tag team feud of the year. I think there's no doubt about that. Uh, their, their matches on the takeovers were absolutely spectacular. Um, Owens and Zayn, of course, have had great feuds forever. Um, uh, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put that in there. Um, I wouldn't put them among the top couple, but I think they definitely had a great feud. And Sasha Charlotte had easily the best WWE feud of the year. Uh, their matches meant the most. Um, I thought the segments were were fantastic. But my feud of the year, uh, my feud of the year, I'm going to go with Charlotte and Sasha. Clo- I'm going to say Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole were close. But their feud, they kind of picked up the feud a little bit later into the year. So I'm going to give it to Charlotte and Sasha because their feud was a, kind of a longer span where they had like a, a high intensity. Um, I thought their feud was great. I thought they did a great job. They had a lot of matches. They made events for pay-per-views, made events at a bunch of Raws. Um, and these are two women who made events at a bunch of Raws. That's like if Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch were the main offensers of or were main events of SmackDown. So I'm going to say Charlotte and Sasha were my feud of the year. And you know what? I think once it, it hurts me to say this, once again, I think we're going to agree. So, you know, this is going to be the most boring show of the year for us. I think that these two women really helped shape wrestling in 2016. You would have liked it a bit more if there were in six title changes, which I think hurts a little bit. But every match was different, unique. And really helped put a division. It's kind of what the cruiserweight division might need next year, where you have a feud that goes for a year period and really makes two people and division mean more. So I'm going to agree with you. Sasha versus Charlotte are feud of the year. And I think Will Ospreay and Ricochet really did a lot to go and put wrestling back in the public eye for some fans who you know, may have lost interest based on that meme of, of them in the Tokyo, you know, um, in the best of the Super Juniors. And that's not the last time we'll hear about that match on this show. So, uh, yeah. once well, again... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not going to... We're going to... We'll talk about that. But before we go, though, uh, before we go on to the next thing, mm-hmm. um, I-, I wanted to talk to you about Sasha. So, there's a report uh, out there that Vince is not a big fan of Sasha's. And that he wants Bailey and Charlotte to be the you know main the their women's match at WrestleMania. What do you think about the? And listen, Bailey's great too. I love Bailey. Um, and, and and in ring she's fantastic, and on a mic she's she's okay. But she's like kind of like a lovable character, so she's she doesn't need to be great on a mic because the fans like love her anyway. Uh, but what do you think about that? The idea that Vince is not a huge Sasha fan. And sees Bailey more as the main foil to Charlotte as we head into WrestleMania. Uh, well, I think that's a story that's been building for you know what two and a half years now since their time in NXT, and I think that we've we've had the full story, at least at this point, with Bailey and Sasha. I think we've had the full story of Sasha and Charlotte. So I think that's the next step in this storyline. I mean, it hurts Sasha because. She's so small, and she gets hurt so, not easily, but 
with the style she's working, she gets hurt so much. I can understand why Vince on the biggest show of the year would feel that you want to go with two more durable people. But well, I, I mean, Bailey's been hurt a lot. She was hurt a lot in NXT. I don't think it's the durability. I, I think he thinks Bailey is, you know, going to either move more merchandise. I don't know if it's just Sasha's durability issues. Now, Vince may not know about Bailey's durability issues in NXT, but Bailey had a lot of injury issues in NXT as well. True. I mean, like I said, I don't think you can go wrong either way, but I really do think Charlotte Sasha has to end for right now and pick back up at another time. And I, and I don't think it's a bad choice. I mean, if you're telling me that, you know, we're seeing Charlotte versus Dana Brooke at Mania, then I've got a problem with it. But I think you're going from two great workers to another two great workers. And I, and I think that it's, I think Bailey put in her time and it's time for her to have a chance to shine. And I think that, I think you're going to have a great match between the two of them. You're going to have a great match with any combination of them. But you know what? I think it's it's time for uh, Sasha to take a backseat for a little while, do some other things, help Nia Jax, you know, become a better worker, maybe, you know, do some other stuff, and then get back to the main event picture for the women's division after Mania. And, and the other thing, you know, and I, was, I just thought about this. And, you know, AJ, he's a heel, but I kind of don't consider him a heel. Kevin Owens, we know, is a heel. Corey, I think Charlotte's the best heel in the company. I mean, people hate her. She does a good job of eliciting heat. She's an asshole. She kind of seems like an asshole. She comes off uh, a little bit like Stephanie McMahon as like a spoiled, spoiled daddy's girl who now rejected her daddy, the all-time great. She wins these matches that everybody wants her to lose. I, I, I think as a heel, I think she's the best heel in the company. You know what? I'd have a hard time arguing with that. I mean, and the, and the Sasha feud has helped that because Sasha is so popular. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, next one, we're just moving a little around here. Uh, let's go with comeback of the year. Now, you can go a lot of way, ways with this. It could be a guy. Your definition could be different than mine. You know, a guy who last year we didn't even think about much, or guy who really redefined their career this year. I put, you know, five people. You could have put Yuji Nagata in this for basically winning, you know, the Never title at, at, at almost age 50 right now. There's a lot of other guys you can put in. But the five guys I put in is the return of Bill Goldberg, Cole Cabana to ROH, Mickey James for uh, NXT Toronto, Chris Jericho, who has become one of the biggest guys since his comeback. I know he came back, you know, last year for Mania with the stuff with, um, with AJ. Actually, that's technically this year also. So, and then you've got Rhino, who's returned part of this tag team with um, Keith Slater. I, I think it's really a two-person thing here with between Goldberg and Jericho, but uh, where, where are you looking at it? So all the, it all depends on what that means, right? Yeah. So are we counting... So Jericho, it all depends on if we're counting Jericho's year last, because I think he's been unbelievable this year. But he was pretty good last year, too. Um, I don't like know. I kind of whole... felt he was just a guy there last year. This year... Well, he, was, he, he was more... Well, yeah. I, I think he's been... he's been Because he was more... Wasn't he a babyface last year? Uh, or he was a heel last bit. year, too? I think he was a babyface for part of last year. Yeah, I think his run was a little bit... A little bit wonky. And then he became a heel. I'm going to go with Jericho with you. That was the only thing I was thinking of... Of, of, of what Jericho was doing... Um, was doing last year 
But I, I will give I will give you Jericho. I think he's been great. Um, Cole Cabana, you know, God bless him for coming back to Ring of Honor. Um, his return's been okay. Um, he, he hasn't had a big, you know, he's been okay. Uh, Mickey James had one match, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Rhino's done a nice job. He, he's had a nice little comeback with Heath Slater. He definitely is a guy. Big Gold, Bill Goldberg, um, you know, maybe made the biggest impact winning that match uh, at Survivor Series, and now he's going to have a big WrestleMania match. But I think Jericho's the guy who deserves it. He's been tremendous. He's out there every week. Um, I think he's helping the guys a lot, too, the, the younger guys, too, get better. Um, I think the Owens thing has been okay, but as we kind of discussed, it has been a little comedy, a little too much comedy. Um, so that's been a bit of an issue, but I, I think Jericho's been tremendous, um, and especially at his age, and I'll definitely give him comeback at the end. I, I'd love to disagree with you, but once again, I, I think with all the stuff that Jericho has done, a guy who I think a lot of people might have thought he was at the tail end of his career, you know, being more of a part-timer with the stuff with Fozzie going on tour, he's come back this year, and he might be the most entertaining. Besides, you know, and I know you don't watch, you're not able to watch the product, besides the broken Matt Hardy gimmick, I think Chris Jericho has been the most entertaining guy this year. And yes, Goldberg had maybe the biggest moment, and... He might, you know, be the biggest storyline of the year with his return, which we'll get into in a moment. But I think Chris Jericho, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, has been a revelation in WWE, and he's really helped get the business on track at points where we were really were just going, oh, my God, this is a roar that we have got to sit through. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, let's, let's go with storyline of the year. And this is one you could have a thousand different things. I just picked five things that... Think off the top of my head. I'm sure there might be a couple that you might even bring up now that I forgot. But we got the brand split, Talking Smack, Goldberg's Return. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Talking Smack is not a storyline. It's a television show. Uh, but hasn't Talking Smack helped put storylines in motion? But it's not a storyline. It's not a storyline. I don't know. The, the Miz, no, the Daniel Bryan it's, it's, has... Yeah, the Miz and Daniel Bryan's a storyline. Talking Smack is a TV show. If you want to say TV shows, we can say TV shows. Talking Smack is not a storyline. It is a television show. All right. Then you know That's like saying, oh, Raw, what a great storyline. Doesn't make any sense. Talking Smack is a vehicle for storylines. It is not a storyline in itself. That does not count. All right. Then we'll take that out, and we're putting the Return of the Cruiserweight division in its place. All right. That, that's, a, that's a story. All right. So Now, listen, I love talking smack. Don't get me wrong. And I, I, I don't know if you have TV show or, or show here, but I think, I think talking smack has been – and I think we, we have, we're going to have to give them something. If, if there's not a category for them, we need to give them something because uh, I think they've really, really helped SmackDown. But okay. um, I, I will say that they're not – definitely not. Story. All right. Storyline of the year, take two. <laughs> the, the brand split, Return of the Cruiserweights, Goldberg's Return, The List of Jericho, Matanza's title run in uh, Lucha Underground. And before you finish, also what I'm thinking about when I said this is like the things that we spoke about a ton this year. The Matanza storyline has been a big contention with you, especially this year, where you thought the product really got hurt because of it. So that's why I put that there. But your storyline of the year would be? Uh, you know, because it made such an impact, we talked about it for so, for so long, 
Um, I'd have to say the brand split. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to think of others in my head as we're as we're going along. Uh, we can throw stuff in there with Sexy Star and Lucha Underground, and um, you know, we could have put you know Feud of the Year that we could have put too with Sexy Star and Johnny Mundo. Um, but that that storyline with her winning the title um, was a huge, huge story. Um, so you know, although it wasn't for long, so that that could have been a thing. But so Sexy Star that could have been you know a big storyline. You know. Corey, maybe the second biggest thing of the year, um, if you think about it, is Kenny Omega winning the G1. I mean, that story and where he's been, the first guy, Jim, to ever win a, the G1, and now he's main eventing uh, Russell Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think that probably would be two, in my opinion. So I, I probably would put Kenny Omega's winning the G1. Now, everybody may not get that. People may not watch New Japan. Um but I think that for me might be two. Well, the brand split is one because it literally changed the company. I mean, it changed the main thing that most people who watch wrestling watch. And it's changed how things are done. Goldberg's return, of course. Uh, the Lisa Jericho for me has just been a bad. The Lisa Jericho for me is not a storyline. It's a gimmick. Um, so it's been a great gimmick. But to me, that's a gimmick. And the Matanza thing was a mess. And I think did affect um, Lucha Underground for the worse. Now they're turning it around, and, and I like what they're doing with them now. But um, I would say the brand split one and Kenny Omega uh, a close second. All right. And you know what? This is the first time we're going to disagree. I think the biggest story of the year is the return of Goldberg. Uh, because that was one thing that really set, the, set people on either one side or the other on Goldberg, could he draw? What, how everyone else is going to be affected? Him and Lesnar and a lot of other things going there. I mean, another, another story we could have brought up was the story of how Roman Reigns with, and all these other guys getting suspended this year and, the, you know, in their version of a wellness policy, how it affected storylines. But I'm going to go with the return of Goldberg, and I really think that's going to be something that we're going to be looking into in the next couple of weeks again as the new year starts on how long this relationship, you know, continues. All right. Uh, what do you want to go next? Um, I, so the Goldberg thing, I, I, I'll just say, I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you. Um, I, I think, And I think Goldberg has made an impact. Um, you know, people I know who don't watch wrestling say, oh, Goldberg's back. So, you know, I, I do think that, is, that he's probably helped the ratings a little bit, helped um, get them some mainstream attention. So I, I get that with Goldberg. But I think the brand split, like, changed, um, you know, changed the company at least for the next, you know, uh, the foreseeable future. And Kenny Omega, what he did winning the G1 was incredible. So uh, what do we want to go? Uh, you want to go most improved? Let's go most improved. All right. Um, we've, we've got The Miz, David Finley, Dalton Castle. I know that these next two you didn't see much of. Bobby Lashley, who's gotten a ton better on the mic well, this year. You'll, you'll be surprised who I pick. Go ahead. And then uh, Marty Scroll, who has gone from who, who knows about this guy to winning the <clears throat> the Battle of Los Angeles, getting a full-time gig with ROH and being their champion, TV champion now, and a lot of the great work he's done. I, I, think, it's ob- I think it's obvious because I'm not yeah. just saying in-ring, I'm saying on the mic and Me what too. he's done to revitalize his career. I think The Miz is the obvious choice here. Wow. Maybe you're going in another direction. Wow. But, you I'm know, in another direction. All right, go ahead. But 
But you know what? Like I said, I think Dalton Castle is phenomenal, and I think that at some point, if they let him keep his gimmick, he can be a guy in the WWE who can, well, you can make you a little bit of a difference. That you're a big Dalton Castle. Like, you put him on the list for, like, all these things. He's either you were tired and couldn't think of names or you just kept typing his name in. It's funny. You're, you're a big fan of his. Right, go I ahead. mean, we could have put in Leo Rush, who I think has improved a lot this year, or you could have even put him as a breakout star. I mean, but I think the, the work he's done on the mic, the way he's become more than just the joke reality star this year, stuff that he's done with Ziggler, and now the stuff that he's he's doing on Talking Smack and all the other things, I think The Miz is the most approved guy, a guy who people, you know, thought could barely wrestle, and now it's turned, it was in some of the best matches of the year. He didn't make the list, but that four-way match that he had earlier this year with Cesaro, Zayn, and I believe Kevin Owens, I might have one of the guys wrong in there, earlier in the year might have been, you know, one of my two or three best matches of the year. And it wasn't just, you know, three great workers working around him. He's put in the work, the stuff that he did with Ziggler, I think has been phenomenal. And it's just not a wrestling award. It's an all-around guy for most improved. And he's become great on the mic after, you know, felt like he was mailing it in for a little while. Sure. And I, I always think, and, you know, for you guys out there who listen to us who are like, oh, it's all about in the ring and what guy does in the ring. Like, it's not. Right? Like, um, it, it's a, so much of wrestling is about characters and falling in love with the character. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's from him being a good wrestler. But oftentimes it's him from the mic. Uh, and the guy I'm going to give it to is a guy who I have not seen very much uh, this year at all, but I've read a lot about him, read a lot about the improvements that he's made, and he and, and I'm going to trust the reports that I've gotten from you know guys like Jason Powell and you know guys uh, you know like yourself, Corey, and I'm going to give it to Bobby Lashley. Wow, and I think he's a guy who is has been you know he could not talk in the WWE at all. And he went from not, you know, and then I watched him when TNA was on TV that I could watch, where I could watch, and he still struggled on the mic. Needed MVP to help him when they when they had that that um, stable going, and he did well in that little bit. But now he's on his own, and all I've read is how well he's done. And I get it; I haven't seen him, so I, you know, usually I like to see guys with my own two not two eyes. But um, I'm going to trust the reports and everything that I've read about how well he's done on the mic and how much he's improved on the mic. And that's a big part of uh, a big part of, of, of his character now. And I'm going to say, and, you know, he's good in the ring. He's doing well in the ring. And I'm going to say Bobby Lashley is my most improved guy. Very cool. And I, I think that's a big step for a guy who you, don't ex- you didn't expect much from once he left the WWE. All right, let's go with the breakout star of the year as we try to move some of this a little bit faster. We got Broken Matt Hardy, Dalton Castle, The Miz, Michael Elkin, who uh, he might have been in, you know, some other categories, but he got hurt at the end of the year. And the glorious one, Bobby Roode, who is your uh, breakout star of the year? I mean, I think it's I think it's it should be one particular guy. But, you know, I think he's also if you like him, it's hard if you don't like what he's been doing as good as his character. Yeah, been, I, I, I know. I know. I know. I so it depends on what your breakout star is to you. Is breakout star a young guy who broke out this year? Is breakout star a guy who's been good but now has been better? A lot of it depends on what your definition is because I could give you other guys. Oh, we sure. Absolutely. Kenny Omega in there. We could put Will Ospreay in there. 
We could put Ricochet in there. Uh, we could put TJ Perkins in there. We could put, there's so many guys we can put in there for a breakout star. Um, we could put Kevin Owens winning the Universal title. Um, you know, Finn Balor would have been a candidate. AJ Styles, I mean, he's already been a star, but he's headlining WWE pay-per-views every year. Um, so there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Um, under the breakout star, the way that I think it's meant to be, in my mind, where I think of a young guy who people knew about who is now broken out, I'm going to say Will Ospreay because this guy won the the uh, Best of the Super Juniors, or uh, yeah, Best of the Super Juniors. He did win the Ring of Honor television title, if only for a short time. A day. And the uh, day, whatever. Um, and, you know, people you know, now really, really know about who this guy is. And he's become a breakout star for sure. So I'm going to say Will Ospreay. And um, and I know these candidates on here are great. I mean, Bobby Root, um, I, I get it. So you went a different route. You went more veterans who now you feel like have broken out. So either either way is, is fine. Um, the guys you have on here, Broken Matt Hardy, Dalton Castle, who's on every list you've made so far, um, The Miz, who's on every list you've made so far, uh, Michael Elgin, and, and the, the glorious one, Bobby Roode. Uh, and I think, you know, if we look at it from this list, it's clear who the person should be. A, if, it, if you term it as a veteran who just needs to, you know, uh, improve or who did a lot better, a veteran who really broke out and did a lot better, it probably would be Broken Matt, broken Matt Hardy um, because of what, what he's done. And, you know, Corey, we messed up, all right? What was the storyline of the year? Final deletion. <laughs> I, I mean, the whole his TNA, whole, yeah. His whole his whole character, yeah. His whole character. I mean, Corey, you know, might have been storyline of the year. Really, might have been storyline of the year. It's funny how we're going back back and forth with these, but so the way I look at a breakout star, it's Will Offspring. The way that you have given me this list of guys, then it'd be Matt Hardy. But I also think we have to look at Matt Hardy as a guy who also had, you know, who also was involved in the storyline of the year with the final deletion and all that craziness. All right, you know what? You've convinced me, Michael Elkin. You have been, you are, you are now off the list, and Will Osprey has made it on the list and is Jason, Jason Brooks, 2006 Breakout Star of the Year. Yes, and, absolutely. And you know my choice because I just think the work he's done has been phenomenal. We're running a little short on time, so I'm just going to say it. Broken Matt Hardy, you're right. He most likely should be storyline of the year and uh, maybe you know comeback of the year and a couple other things. But uh, I'm going to go with breakout star Matt Hardy. Oh, my God, we have so much more to go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll, make, we'll, we'll, we'll go faster, no problem. All right, this is a award that we may, I think was needed Disappointment of the year. A guy that coming into the year you thought was going to ha- do something big and has basically maybe fallen on their face. Brock Lesnar, who had, a, you know, some good stuff early in the year, but he had the drug suspension. He had the really bad WrestleMania match. He basically, ha- we haven't even seen him that much. 
um, Apollo Crews, who last year at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn, we were talking, going, this guy could be, you know, a next champion, has a bright future. Maybe can't talk much, but... Well, you know, we don't even have to talk about each guy. Let's just say right. who the guys are, and then we'll talk about why we think right. they Sorry. were... Let's pick our guy. All right, my, my apologies. Anderson and Gallows, Andreas Amal... Uh, Andreas Almeas, the former Sombra, and yeah. Matt Seidel, who's basically may have thrown his career down the toilet for uh, being a pothead. Uh, I, I'm going to Paul. I think the, the obvious answer might be Brock Lesnar because of his downfall and his lack of drawing power feels like a little bit right now. But I got to go with Paulo Cruz because he had so much upside and it's basically been a wasted year. Um, the, the, well, the thing about Apollo Cruz is, you know, I, I, I didn't see a lot in him. It's between Apollo Crews and Anderson and Gallows because now they had a nice little run when they were with AJ, but after the brand split, if Anderson and Gallows would have not had AJ from the beginning, then I definitely would have given it to them. I'm going to go with Cruz, I guess. I, disappointment's hard for me because I didn't have high expectations for him to begin with. Um, Brock, you could say what you want. But he has been involved in these huge feuds. I mean, he knocked out Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Uh, so I, I'm going to give it uh, Apollo Crews with a, um, a strong honorable mention to Anderson and Gallows. Very cool. Uh, let's get this one out of the way quickly. Announcer of the year, Mauro Inalo. You, you can we can you can skip that. I'm not I'm not doing that one. All right. Ronaldo, Corey Graves, Steve Carino, Matt Stryker, Michael Cole. I think Morrow's really brought something to the commentary team this year, and I think he's made it feel a, more of a big fight feel, and one of the reasons why SmackDown feels like a better product than Raw, and I think the work he did in the CWC really cemented him as a new voice and someone who I think the fans could actually, you know, get behind as someone who actually feels like he knows what he's talking about and he's, you know, he's calling wrestling moves again. I think he's done a really good job this year. All right, I take it back. I'm going to do it. Corey Graves with the work he's doing in Raw, NXT, and now I think he's doing 205 Live. Yep. He's doing a great job. He's everywhere. He's funny. He doesn't make you feel like uh, an asshole for watching wrestling still. He's not too corny. Really enjoy him. Go ahead. Very cool. And Graves would have been my second choice. Uh, let's go with uh, best promotion of the year. WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, New Japan, and Impact Wrestling. You could have put ROH in there, but... I think Impact has been it was a little bit better this year with some of the stuff they did, especially with Final Deletion. But I think I, mean, you, I, don't, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. But go ahead. Uh, but I think you got to go either New Japan with the major losses they had and still being a very sexual product, or or NXT, which their in ring their television product hasn't been great, but all their specials have been some of the best shows of the year. So I'm, I'm going New Japan because I just think that they've really done a lot with the problems they had losing two of their biggest stars. Um, yeah, see, if it, if this were the second, if this were from June, uh, uh, September through the uh, through now, I would go with Lucha Underground. I think they've been great. I really thought the second season um, was a struggle for them. Uh, you know, I'm going to say WWE, and I'm only going to say that because their two champions are two indie guys who we never thought they'd give a chance to, who are now their champions. We haven't liked what they've done in a lot of instances, but they're still number one. They still do a pretty good job. 
They drive us crazy. Um, but you know what? They, they've, they've done some things in terms of promoting guys and things like that. Um, that that's been that's been great. You know, the other honorable mention we, we could give here is to the Cruiserweight Classic. I know they're not a promotion or whatever, but the Cruiserweight Classic was absolutely tremendous. And um, I, we haven't acknowledged that enough on this list. It's one of the best things the WWE has done in a really, really long time. And I want to give that an honorable mention. Very cool. Uh, and the one award I didn't mention here, I was going to do that very one last, but we can do that right now. Best show, best TV show of the year. This Cruiserweight yeah, talk, cl- Talking Smack. We can just go. All right, Cruiserweight Classic, Talking Smack. Oh, Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah, oh, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. I totally forgot. I didn't think to include that in the TV show. All right, what do you got? Cruiserweight Classic, Talking Smack. Uh, NXT, Lucha Underground, and SmackDown Live. I would go Talking Smack. I, I would go Cruiserweight Classic. Okay, I gave you a chance to give a... And I put a tweet out this week. Actually, it wasn't a tweet. It was on a Facebook page. Once again, this week, I think it's been the best show of the year for WWE. I know it's only been on for half of the year, but I think Talking Smack has just been incredible. I think Talking Smack's been great. I think the Cruiserweight Classic is something that's never been done. And, and neither is Talking Smack, but from an, uh, an athlete standpoint, um, I think Cruiserweight Classic was absolutely incredible. Um, bringing in these indie guys and giving them a shot. I, I think it was the whole idea behind it was absolutely incredible and revolutionary. And they haven't followed up in it, which we were afraid they were going to, but it's been, uh, it's been tremendous. All right. So we've got two awards left. Uh, Tag Team of the Year, the Young Bucks, the Revival, the New Day, who we didn't get to talk about it, but finally lost their tag team titles. The Broken Hardys and American Alpha, who uh, congratulations on actually just winning the SmackDown titles. I really think this is a two-person uh, category: the Young Bucks and the Revival. And as really? much as, as much as I love the Young Bucks, I'm going with the top guys. I I think they have been the best tag team in wrestling this year. I think the work that they've done with DIY, the work that they've done with um, American Alpha. The promos that I think that I think they've gotten better on the mic with promos. I just think that they they are the classic, you know, brain busters of 2016 and further. And I've really enjoyed their work all year. In ring. Um, so the New Day, you would think, would get the award. They had their tag titles all year. They were entertaining. I think, you know, entertainment wise, it probably would be between the New Day and, the, and Broken Hardys. I'm going to do another TNA thing, and because of the impact these guys have had on the company, I think I'm going to give it to the Broken Hardys. Now, in ring work, I'm not going to do that. I haven't even seen many of their matches, but I know that they have had a tremendous impact on the company, and they're one of the things keeping that company afloat, to be honest with you. And I think they've done a tremendous job with this whole... This, if they walk... This is my thing for Tag Team of the Year. Corey, mm-hmm. if they walk into Raw Monday and they start doing uh, delete, obsolete, whatever, would the fan would the fans not shit their pants? <laughs> yes or no? Oh, true. I mean, every so, time uh, someone says delete in a promo by accident, yes, they wall out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So because of that and the impact they've made, I'm going to go with Broken Hardies. Um, I think the Young Bucks, again, I, you know you know how I feel about the Young Bucks, although that match they had, if you get a chance to watch it, I don't know if you saw it, 
the Young Bucks against Martin Skrull and Will Ospreay was it was ridiculous. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, they just showed it on Ring of Honor TV this week. It was ridiculous. I still Young Bucks still I think they're a little overrated, but they have had some great matches this year. I think in ring, as much as I love American Alpha, you know they went to SmackDown and they faced these. Uh, they faced a lot of garbage tag teams. So unfortunately, it wasn't because of their doing. Um, I'd have to give the revival. I mean, they've had the best tag team matches all year in ring. So impact on the show and the TV product, the Broken Hardys, in ring, the revival. And, you know, wrestling is about, you got to make money in, in, in wrestling. You got to get ratings. So I'm going to give it to the Broken Hardys. Very cool. And uh, the last award, or our talking about this year, will be match of the year. And there are tons of matches we could have added. I just picked 10, and I'm sure there's ones I forgot. I mean, you could have gone Omega, Naito, uh, the semi, the uh, second to last night of the G1. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, and like I said, you can go the four-way for the IC title earlier this year. You can go the ladder match between Ziggler and uh, The Miz. So, I mean, there are a ton of things this year. But these are the 10 that I put up here. And uh, you don't even have to pick a best one if you want to pick one or two. But Nakamura, Zayn, and NXT Dallas. Osprey versus Ricochet. Best of the Juniors, Super Juniors, Night 6. Zayn versus Owens, WWE Battleground. John Cena versus AJ Styles at WWE SummerSlam. Okada versus Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 10, which I think uh, might have been the best match that they've had together. Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus Osprey Seidel and Ricochet Night 2 of the Battle of Los Angeles, which I know Jay didn't get a chance to see, but it was a spectacular match and something that one of the most memorable things I saw all year. Um, we've got Sexy Star versus Mary Posit and the No Moss match, which I think it's the one good match Sexy Star has actually had I've seen. But it's one of the most memorable matches of the year. And it's that and the unfortunate Taya versus uh, Cage match are the two most memorable things this year for Lucha Underground for me. But this is the positive one. Sexy Star versus Mariposa. Broken Matt Hardy versus Brother Nero and Final Deletion, which I know wasn't everyone's taste. Young Burks, Young Young Burks, Jesus. Young Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns versus The Addiction in Ladder War 6, which was a spectacular match. You want to say it was a spot fest. I know Jay didn't get you to see that one either. And then uh, DIY versus The Revival, NXT Toronto, two out of three falls. Those are the ten matches that really stood out for me. I'm sure there are matches that we didn't even think of. And for us, for fans who, you know, watch, you know, CMLL and, you know, a lot of the British promotions, we didn't get a chance to see. So I'm sure we're forgetting great matches this year. But those are ten that really stood out to me. Hey, uh, sure. If you want to, one or two of those that you really liked or if you actually have a favorite. Yeah, so I also want to throw in uh, Will Ospreay against Taguchi uh, at the finals of the uh, Super Juniors this year. Great match. That match was amazing. Uh, definitely one of my top matches. Uh, also, the revival against American Alpha, NXT Dallas. I loved, loved that match. Um, I think that was my favorite tag match this year. And I know I like the DIY Revival feud. Those matches were amazing, too. Um, but I, I think I've, I think I enjoyed the American Alpha Revival matches more. Um, and I enjoyed the feud a bit more. I, I'm going to say my match of the year, when I watched it, I felt like it was my match of the year. And for me, it's going to be Nakamura against Sami Zayn. 
I enjoyed that match so much. It was so hard hitting and it was such a physical, physical match. Um, for me, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, those matches where you know who's going to win, but the match is still that good. Those are the matches that, for me, are just uh, another level. You know, you knew Nakamura was going to win the match because it was Sami Zayn's last match. He was going to Raw. But the fact that he, the match was still as good as it was, as riveting as it was, I, I thought it was tremendous. Um, that was absolutely my match of the year. Uh, for me, you know, most of these other matches don't come close. Osprey and Ricochet to me was not even close to a match of the year. It was a fun kind of flippity-floppity match. Um, I love Ricochet. He's one of my favorite current guys going. But I thought that match was not really a, a test of, of a, a test of those two guys' skill at all. I think it was just them having fun in the ring. I, I think they could have much, much better matches that draw emotion out of the crowd more. Well, I'll say this about that match. The fans loved it. So it did draw emotion out of them in that way. But I mean in more of the, I want to know who wins this match, not I want to see a fancy move here. And I don't think it did that. And to me in wrestling, that match is fine on its own. But to me in wrestling, you need a match that brings out emotion in the crowd of wanting to see a winner or a loser. Because that's what people pay for, to see a winner or a loser. In my opinion, anyway. I'm old school in that way, I guess. The Sexy Star Mariposa match I thought was amazing, too. I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous match. You know, there's other uh, Lucha Underground matches that I'm sure if we came up and thought of that we could put in there because those guys bust their ass every week and have great, great matches every week. Um, you know, Prince Puma, also Ricochet, um, uh, against uh, the Man of a Thousand Deaths in the Grave Consequences was a fun match, too. Um, and you could say Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Neither one of us saw that match, but one of the last matches to close out 2016 in final battle. But that all being said, I'm going with Nakamura and Zayn with Revival against American Alpha as my tag team match of the year. Very cool. And you know what? I've gone back and forth with all these matches. I mean, I think Okada versus Tanahashi was a great story. I thought Mariposa versus Sexy Star was, was a great story. Offspring versus Ricochet really helped the independence this year and led to a lot of, you know, three or four more matches that have all sold out around the world. So I think that's very important. Final deletion was something to behold. Uh, but I know I'm going to go with one that you haven't seen this year, but I thought in-ring product-wise it was the best match of the year. And it's one of the few matches that it got five stars from Dave Meltzer this year, and I and I think it's uh, night two of Battle of Los Angeles, the six-man tag, Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus Osprey, Matt Seidel, and Ricochet. It was, yeah, it was a spot fest, but it was such a great match, and it's a match, one of those matches that I think that if you when you get to if you ever get a chance to see it, I think you're going to be like, yeah, you know, it's I'm sure it may not be your cup of tea totally, but. It's it's one of those matches that I'm gonna remember and Nakamura Zayn, I guess I'm, not, I'm, I'm surprised you're given a a spot fest match a, a a fun match that really didn't have a lot of meaning in terms of anything. I'm, I see that's my problem with the match of the year. You're given a match of the year a six man tag 
that doesn't really mean anything. Like, what does that, what that match mean? Where, where was the emotion in that match? Who cared who won that match? It was a fun match. I mean, the fans loved that match. I mean, okay, yeah, of course they was... love. They love. They're gonna love. They're great. But that's not. The, not I'm not saying that. That of course they're great. And it was a great. I'm sure it was a great match. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like, what? But what does that mean in terms of the emotion? Like, did it matter who won that match? Like, True. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and so to me, a match of the year can't just be a good match. There has to be another element to it. The match has to mean something. It can't just be a that was a fun match because there's a Corey. There's so many of those, so many of those fun matches. There's a million of those. All right, you know what? You changed my mind. I'm going to Okada Tanahashi, Wrestle Kingdom 10. I thought it was almost a near perfect match. All right. I thought it was the end of that feud. As Americans who don't always understand everything going on with New Japan because of commentary, always. I didn't. You could have watched the American version or the Japanese version. You understood the story of Okada finally winning that big match versus the ace of the company. It was a changing of the guard. I really think that it was. If you watch that match, even even without sound, I think you see how perfect that match is. And like I said, it's telling the a story that's been you know basically going on for four years. And I think it was a great finish to that story. All right, all right, that's fine. I'll give that to you. So you know what? It's been a as much as we bitch and complain about the WWE and everything else. It's been another great year of in-ring talent, of guys who are developing into bigger stars. And what's going to be interesting to see who's on our radar next year when we do the 2017 best of, and of course, you know when it comes to disappointment and stuff, worst of. But uh, Jason, before we get out of here, uh, just quickly. One or two matches that you're really looking forward to on January 4th, uh, which unfortunately I think this year is a Wednesday, so it's going to. I don't think either one of us will be seeing it when it initially happens. But Wrestle Kingdom 11, what's your one or two big matches you're looking forward to? So, guys, just so you know, this is Corey's favorite kind of show, the three hour podcast. Um, my favorite show, my, or my favorite match. Sorry, Corey, I had to throw a dig in there. Obviously, the main event's going to be great. Looking forward to that. Uh, I, you know, I really want to say I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to Cody's entrance <laughs> and what they do with him. Uh, so, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago in terms of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, how there could potentially be a title change. You were, you mentioned this because of the contract situation. So it'll be, I don't think they do a title change at a, at a different company show, but for their major title. But, you know, I get, you never know. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Shibata, he's always a fun one to see. Uh, the Young Bucks, of course, against Rapongi Vice for the, the junior tag titles. Uh, again, we've got, uh, well, you know, a three-way tag match. You know, maybe the match won't be that bad, but they got Gorillas of, the Nest, of, of Destiny, Chaos, at least we got Ishii in there. And we got Makabe and Hama in there, but I mean, it, that's not going to be a great match. Um, and then Naito for the IC title. So there, there's some good, there's definitely some good matches. A pretty top, top heavy card for sure. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on the majority of what you just said. I'm really looking forward to those, the co and the main event. I think that you could have very easily said Naito was our wrestler of the year, stuff that he did with Los uh, Governales, which I'm totally screwed that up. Inglorious. Yeah, 
Go ahead. I think that him versus Tanahashi has another story of, you know, the old the old guard versus the new. I think it's going to be really interesting if they give the Gaijin, the non-Japanese wrestler, the main, ev- the main event title. Um, and I think that this is going to be a really good show. See what Cody can do with Juice Robinson. See what we get when we have just a regular standard tag team match with the Young Bucks or Punky Vice. And, of course, one of my favorite wrestlers every year, Shibata facing Goto. That should be a hard, you know, just back and forth, basically brawl. So I think this could, I don't think this is going to be as good as last year's show, but I think there's a lot of good stuff. And just want to just, as I said earlier, check out one of uh, Jim Ross this week, where he had Omega on for about 40 minutes. Corey's phone is ringing, folks. Corey, the only person in 2016 who still has a landline. <laughs> Oh, you better pick that up so calling. Someone's calling you. Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I hate you very much. I really do hate you. All right. Lots of the plugs. On Twitter, at WorkshootPod, <clears throat> at Paladin808. Check us out on Stitcher, at the Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Check us out on iTunes at Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And look us up on Facebook. We have a page and a group. Just type in the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, W-R-O-K-E-D, and you'll find us on there. Uh, and our website, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Work Shoot Podcast. Boy, right. pick up that phone. It's ringing. Go to hell. <laughs> Go to hell, you son of a bitch. Uh, last quick comment, just to say it. Uh, I think it was the right decision to take the titles off the New Day. We'll talk about that and a lot more next year. And one of the big things that has been rumored, Kurt Angle possibly being in the Rumble this year. So hopefully we get more information in the weeks to come. But, Jason, thank you as you always. Can't drop, you can't drop bombs on people right before we leave. You just a bomb you just dropped. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, we, we got to go. We got to go. Uh, everyone, I think we're done here. See ya.